0: Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to Unruffled ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Most of us think a lot about our family's future. That's part of the job, right? And I'm sure you've heard that annoying piece of advice that says, don't buy that latte, invest instead. Well, we went for it a couple of years ago and opened a Robinhood account. To be honest, my husband wanted to cut down on coffee anyway. But you know what? Whatever your goals are, Of course, investing involves risk and loss of principle is possible. Returns are not guaranteed. Other fees may apply. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker-dealer. There's nothing like being totally engrossed in a good mystery or thriller. Audible has thousands of immersive audiobook titles to spark your imagination and get your heart thumping. Since it's summer, you might want to check out The Vacation Rental. Very well told and very unsettling, you won't want to turn it off. from their entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. New members can try Audible for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com Unruffled or text Unruffled to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. That's audible.com Unruffled or text Unruffled to 500-500 today. Hi, this is Janet Lansbury. Welcome to Unruffled. Well, as we're all winding down or up into the holidays, I thought that I would share some ideas that I have for managing our children's behavior, this time managing our own comfort and also how to maximize the fun for our children and therefore for us. So I'll actually be reading a couple of holiday posts from my website and hope to offer something that's helpful or inspiring to you. Okay, here's the first one. This is my holiday survival guide. Tis the season to be jolly. It's also the season to remember that excitement, stimulation, the disruption of daily routines, traveling and social events all tend to bring out the very worst in our young children. So the holidays are a particularly important time to remember the best piece of parenting advice I have to offer anytime, anywhere, consider your child's perspective. The early years are an extremely sensitive period when our children's senses work really, really well. They haven't developed filters yet, so they can't help but absorb all the energy and stimulation in their environments. This hypersensitivity and awareness are what make it possible for babies to make more developmental strides in their first three years than they will in all the following years put together. This also means that the types of events, outings, and other experiences that might be pleasurably invigorating for adults can be intense and overwhelming for our children. If you're like me, you'll need to keep reminding yourself that children are on a different frequency. We simply can't gauge their comfort level by ours. So remembering to consider our children's perspective is the key to minimizing their stress, and avoiding overload and meltdowns and increasing their joy during the holiday season. We do that when we, one, take it easy ourselves. I know it can be so hard to say no to festivities, gatherings, rituals, and gift buying excursions. Just today I said no to a commitment that I was on the fence about. I feared I'd regret letting go of it, but to my amazement, I've been literally giddy with relief all day. Setting boundaries can be scary, but is, ironically, freeing. And consider this. There's nothing that rattles children more than a stressed-out parent. Their comfort is always dependent on ours. So in this case, taking care of ourselves first isn't selfish. In fact, it's a thoughtful thing to do for all concerned. And I'll add, it's never selfish (laughs) to take care of ourselves first. That's what we need to do. Some sage advice I read years ago has stuck with me. It was an article profiling some of the world's oldest living people. They were asked to share their secrets to longevity. A supercentenarian described her two imaginary baskets. In the first, she placed all the things she should do, and the second basket contained the things she wanted to do. She said she only ever did things from that second basket. Granted, it's impossible to live so selfishly while we're raising children, but more often than not, a little self care can benefit everyone. Two, keep our children's rhythms and needs in mind when planning or attending events. It can help to consider will my child be able to succeed in this situation? And to also remember that our children don't want to be that child making a scene at the grandparents' or neighbor's house any more than we do. It is kinder to prioritize our child and be protective, even if it means we'll need to skip a couple of activities for the time being and disappoint people. The answer to, will my child succeed while I shop at the mall, is almost a guaranteed no. There's never a better time to take advantage of online shopping than in these early years with children. And I share some specific suggestions in my post, Seven Gifts That Encourage Child-Directed Play. Generally, afternoon events tend to be iffy for young ones, as are evenings when our child has skipped his nap or had a stimulating day. A good-natured father I once consulted with shared with me his and his wife's dismay and embarrassment at Christmas dinner when their son displayed calamitous behavior and then had a mega meltdown at the new boss's house. He and his wife hadn't considered that an adult sit down with strangers at the end of a full day of holiday fun might be a little too much to expect of their three-year-old. Thankfully, the boss seemed to understand, and the parents were able to see the situation in a humorous light. Three, plan an exit strategy in advance, which might need to be what my mother-in-law calls a French exit, meaning we make haste and skip bidding long adieus to everyone in attendance. In a perfect world, we'd be able to slip away quietly. In a toddler world, we'll hope for the cover of a noisy gathering. Four, prepare our children so that they can participate as actively as possible. Feel more confident and on top of the situation. Calmly and matter-of-factly, preparing our children for activities and events with as many details as we know, like where we're going, who will be there, what they will do, the order of the events, can work like magic to center them in even the most stressful situations. I share more on the power of preparation in my post, Another Parenting Magic Word, and Making the Most of Outings with Toddlers. Five, beware of excitement buildup. Note the descriptors calmly and matter-of-factly in the previous point. Those are important because excitement and anticipation can be surprisingly untenable for young children as uncomfortable as fear, anger, and pain. As adults, we tend to love looking forward. Anticipation is at least half the fun, often even better than the actual event. But children are very different. They haven't had many of these experiences before, and without a frame of reference, anticipating Christmas, Hanukkah, or their birthday party is like free falling without knowing where or how they'll land. And when they do, they crash. The intensity of the feelings get the better of them, and their behavior reflects that. So we might have to remind ourselves to try not to crank the enthusiasm up too high. Aren't you so excited about blank? Just a few more days. And that it's understandable for our children's impulse control to be at an all-time low before the holidays, particularly if we've been winding them up. And I know, it's hard not to. I have that tendency myself. Six notice early signs of trouble. When our children's behavior begins to derail, it's seldom possible to guide them back on track at that time or in that particular situation. They're usually showing us that they're done or undone and really can't handle being there. So I would take the slightest unwelcome behavior as a sign and then be very alert and ready to remove my child from that situation. If leaving the event completely is out of the question, I would consider escorting my child to a more private place so that they can fall apart safely in my presence. Ideally, we'll have explored these options ahead of time as part of our exit strategy. Seven, designate a holiday nap or quiet time for the whole family. Full disclosure, I've never actually done this, but it sounds so good, doesn't it? Eight, don't stress out about creating traditions or making memories. In fact, I believe we should take those concerns off our holiday plates completely. It's been my experience that the warmest memories and most lasting traditions are surprises that are sparked and kindled by our children, including our dog children. Here are a few examples from my family. We've always made tree trimming to holiday music a family ritual, and the best part has been our children's impromptu after parties. The festivities have included them taking turns leaping through the air while Big Sister took photos, Celtic dancing mixed with acrobatics spontaneously choreographed by our son, who could give Michael Flatley a run for his money, (laughs) and always, always the climactic, really loud sing-and-dance-along to my children's favorite holiday tune, Whitney Houston's rousing rendition of Joy to the World. The frenetic energy we all expend ushers in a few hours of sleep. Our dog, Dulce, has a special fondness and talent for unwrapping presents and chewing up paper in general, so we would always wrap up several for her and even let her open a couple of hours. The package didn't need to smell like food for her to get into it, although she adored treats as much as the next dog. Her favorite inedible gifts were stuffed animals, particularly if she recognized them as re-gifts of her own stuff. Dulce appreciated everything about Christmas because it meant her pack would be together, a sentiment I fervently share. It won't be quite as magical this year without her. As an aside, we now have a dog, Diego, who also loves unwrapping gifts and is probably even more skilled at it than Dulce. Our kids always gathered together in the wee hours on Christmas morning for giggles, games, and peeks at the gifts under the tree to bide the time until they were allowed to wake us at 7 a.m. In truth, I was at least half awake already and blissfully basking in the sounds of their whispers, hushed squeals, and excited footsteps. Many of their experiences became sibling lore to revisit year after year. Remember the time you were so sound asleep that we had to jump on your bed and sing? This tradition has evolved quite nicely, I'll add, since around the time our oldest got her driver's license. These Christmases were lovingly awakened for our coffee orders. And then the kids are off to the local espresso bar to fetch us cappuccinos. A Merry Christmas indeed. You can count on T-Mobile to help keep you connected. After investing billions to light up their network from big cities to small towns, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, when you switch to T-Mobile, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus Verizon and AT&T. Visit your neighborhood store or T-Mobile.com to switch. Plan savings with T-Mobile, third line free on essentials via monthly bill credits versus comparable available plans. Plan features may vary. Credits stop if you cancel or change plans. So that was my holiday survival guide. And now I have another one that I wrote before that one actually. This is called A Jolly Toddler Holiday and it's in response to a parent's question. Hi, Janet, my son is 28 months and this is the first year I think he'll have a lot of questions about Christmas. My parents are already asking what Santa should bring him and it's prompted me to think about how I might position this mythical character in a developmentally appropriate way that embraces the spirit of Santa. Doesn't feel like I'm lying to him or that I will have to burst his bubble later. I'd also love to know if you know of any books that illustrate what you recommend. He's so into books lately, and we found a very cute book about Halloween that I think really helped him and us. I'd love to know your thoughts on this. Many thanks. So I wrote, I would frame Santa as a magical, mythical character. Yes, as the legend goes, Santa lives at the North Pole, drives a sleigh with flying reindeer, and sometimes brings gifts. But who can be sure? No one's ever seen him, and we never know for certain if he'll come. Those bearded guys in the mall are just nice men pretending, or Santa's helpers. And you don't have to sit on Santa's lap if you don't want to. Keeping Santa a fluid, evolving fantasy is more honest and less scary for toddlers than the reality of a home invader jumping down the chimney in the middle of the night in big black boots. One of my nephews was terrified of the big guy he called Ho-Ho. Others might disagree, and I think do disagree, but I don't believe encouraging fantasy and holiday magic conflicts with an honest relationship with our children. I don't remember ever feeling my bubble burst as a child. Only more appreciation for my parents' generosity. I believe my older children, now 18 and 13, had a similar, quote, transition. And my nine-year-old just made a letter for Santa. None of them has ever questioned details or asked for proof. Maybe they're too smart for that. Why question magic, joy, and gifts? Share your memorable childhood experiences. Some of my favorites are the silly things that happened while caroling every Christmas Eve with the neighborhood children, Or the way, in our eager anticipation of Christmas Day, we'd push the walls inside our house to make the world turn faster. Now I'm pushing in the opposite direction to make it slow down. Holidays are an opportunity to share what we loved with our children, relive memories, and make new traditions, the richest of which will be the ones created together spontaneously. For Christians, Jesus' birth is the magical story to share, and it was at least as captivating for my toddlers as the Santa story, if not more so. They loved the music, and still do, sang along with the hymns and played angels and manger animals in the church pageant. For us, making the effort to focus on the true meaning of the Christmas holiday was important and seemed to provide balance for all the Santa festivities. Here are a few more thoughts about enriching the holiday experience, or any experience, for our toddlers. One, great expectations. I'm so glad you brought up books. Reading books and telling stories are terrific ways to involve our toddlers in new events and occasions because they help them know what to expect. If there's one thing Girl Scouts and toddlers have in common, it's the wish to be prepared. Since through a toddler's eyes, the world is new and thrilling, but also a little overwhelming. And in a big, mysterious world of unknowns, toddlers like to know. Prepped for events with books and our detailed descriptions, they can feel a little on top of things and embrace experiences more fully. So I would definitely show your son books and tell him all about your plans around Christmas. My favorite Santa books are classics that capture the Christmas spirit. And I gave the examples. The Night Before Christmas, The Polar Express, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Two active involvement. Toddlers want to do things themselves, and when we slow down and prioritize their active participation, the holidays can belong to them too. This means keeping an eye out for things toddlers can do, or at least try to do. It means letting go of results and preconceived notions, allowing all the ornaments to be clumped in a foot-long section at the bottom of the tree, not minding it when grandma hears all about her new bedroom slippers beforehand, because our toddler helped us wrap them, realizing that other things we thought mattered really don't. And don't even bother asking a child under the age of 10 not to throw tinsel. Toddlers can place money in the Salvation Army tin and drop gifts into the Toys or Tots bins, although it's easier if it's not a toy they would like. Toddlers can also help come up with gift ideas for people they know and will get a kick out of seeing them opened. Toddlers love to make stuff, we're blessed to have lots of beautiful ornaments, including gifts and family heirlooms. But my all-time favorite is one my daughter made at preschool when she was just three. I'd already been planning to share about it here. And then while we were all decorating the tree recently, I was surprised to hear her exclaim, it survived another year. And she hung it on a low branch. 15 years later, I guess it's still special to her too. And then in this post, I offer the instructions to make this particular ornament. If you're interested, then please go to A Jolly Toddler Holiday on my website. Next, keep it simple. Toddlers play longer with simple toys that they can be creative with and actively explore. A set of blocks, a basket of balls, a box of stones, but not ones they can choke on, Even a lump of coal can be just as intriguing as an electric train set. And the gift they treasure most is the attention of their loved ones. Merry Christmas, Janet. And uh, that was all a written response back to this parent. And I'd like to add that if you're blessed to be in the position to donate time or money to less fortunate children in your community or around the world, tell your child about that in simple terms. And I wrote, P.S. Play music, sing and dance a lot. So from my family to yours, my kids are even a lot older now. They're all young adults. We all wish you and your family peaceful, joyful, relaxing, surprising, in a good way, holidays. We can do this.